Hello, and welcome to the Wild Blue Podcast, perspectives on aviation lives, lifestyles, and business. Hi, welcome to the Wild Blue Podcast. I'm Chris Kirk here with Todd Mitt. Hey, Chris. Uh, good to be back with you. Uh, we haven't had a chance to do this in a little bit. Nice to uh, have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, this is good. And, you know, uh, gosh, what are we? 14 months, 15 months since all this uh, pandemic crap uh, started? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of editorializing yes, we can do yes. there. You know, and, and the market's pretty hot, uh, especially, uh, you know, if you're buying pretty frustrating you know we get calls from a lot of folks that are just frustrated because they can't find the right airplane or it's under contract or it's not what it was meant to be and, and you know a lot of these frustrations frankly I think are, are coming from uh, a variety of areas but but I'm seeing a lot of it come from social media yes and I thought and, you know Todd and I were talking a little while ago about you know what's something that's a timely uh, topic that we could deal with here and you know the the overarching theme is i think where are you getting your advice you know you're you're getting in the the market to buy an airplane maybe you've got one and you own one and you're looking for maintenance or upgrade advice or that kind of thing and you know all advice is not created equal despite you know the the current times that we live in where everybody says everybody's equal and we all get a trophy yes. uh you know <laughs> advice is not created equal so uh, let me, let me, let me ask you first, have you ever seen anything close? You've been selling airplanes for a lot of years, uh, buying airplanes a lot of years, owned airplanes for a lot of years. Have you ever seen a market that approaches what we've seen in the last six months? No, no, I haven't. I mean, even, even if I look back to when my first airplane ownership experiences before I got into this market. Have you, I mean, I haven't. Have you? No, no, I certainly haven't. And uh, it's unprecedented. I know this is true, by the way, with whether you're talking recreational vehicles or boats or, or houses. Uh, yeah. There's so many things are selling uh, at, at an unprecedented pace. And I don't really, you know, we could go down a long laundry list of possible reasons why. But probably, uh, like you mentioned, a, a good a good approach is all right. Where are you getting your advice in today's market? And uh, and I know, you know, right off the bat, uh, people have mentors. Uh, I've I've certainly over the years talked to people about what do you think is this a good deal or is that a good deal? So that's a that's a good place to start, I think, isn't it? You well, know? and I think that's a bottom line to this whole thing. I mean, if you want to just uh, fast forward to the end, uh, I think having a good mentor is where you get the good advice. But but what <clears throat> excuse me, what is a good mentor? You know, I mean, uh, who who are you looking at? Is it is it just because the guy's your CFI? Is that where you get your advice for buying an airplane or, or fixing it? Just because the guy is your mechanic, does that is that enough qualification? You know, just because 40 people on your Facebook group chimed in, uh, you know, and, and maybe two or three of them were actually valid. The rest of them were kind of snarky comments and know-it-all uh, crap. Uh, I mean, you know, is it all created equal? I mean, where do you, how do you well, know? Well, it certainly is not. And and since you started, you brought it up there, we'll, we'll talk about the social media aspect. And I... Uh, you know, I've been on Facebook a long time. I've been on other social media platforms, but uh, I continually see the advice actually getting worse rather than better. I don't know what it is. You put people behind a keyboard and they want to offer comments that 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 they're 
they think are funny, and yet they're so predictable. And what's our what's our favorite uh, uh, or one of my favorites? You know, there's a, a picture of, of an airplane with damage, a lot of damage, and, and somebody inevitably has to make the comment about, oh, put a little put a little duct tape on it, it'll be fine, or something like that. Yeah, fix better so, than new. Yeah, so so you you know keep that in mind if you're using social media. We you and I have talked about we see people post. Hey, I'm thinking about selling my uh, whatever Cessna Cardinal or Beach Bonanza. What do you guys think it's worth to just a random audience? Why why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, and, and what makes those people qualified to answer? Now we all know, you know, I mean, everybody's got their right to their opinion, and and, and everybody knows the adage about opinions, and that's just exactly the way you ought to take it. I think is that just because they're offering up their opinion doesn't mean that it, it's worth you know, it's worth anything. And, and sometimes, you know, I, in fact, I had this pointed out to me not too long ago, and I think it's true. If you, if you watch social media posts uh, as they progress throughout the day, now, of course, there's lots of uh, posts that are made in the evening. Yes. People are home from work, maybe not, not as much as they used to be, but they're home from work. But you watch those posts as they get later and later and later. I, I can't help but believe that there's a serious amount of alcohol that's involved uh, <laughs> as those posts progress. Especially in these times. Yeah. <laughs> we know people, I think people drink more than ever, to tell you the truth. But that's a great point. Yeah. I'd not ever thought about that. But that's I really, mean, am I listening to the guy that's posted at noon? He's probably, I mean, or the guy that's posted at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, which I, I'm rarely up at 11 o'clock at night. But if I am up at 11 o'clock at night, you know, I might be having a beer. And... Uh, so, you, you know, now, also, and not just in, you know, we talk about social media and we think of things like Facebook, but also there's there's plenty of forums out there and there's some good ones with valuable information like Beach Talk would be an example of, of a generally respected forum. But it occurs to me that over a period of time, if, if you read some of these forums, obviously we all know certain individuals comment on a lot more things and and that kind of at times gives them in my opinion a a level of false expertise right. if that makes sense uh in other words just because a guy has answered or commented 1500 times on on a forum such as beach talk and i, I believe me i like beach talk i think I, it's probably uh, the best yeah, moderated one out there just happens to be the one that came to my head right now but but then you look at that and who that guy is and and is is he really the expert that right. he has sort of gained credibility by posting a lot now admittedly if you post a lot you know presumably the stupidness will come out if that's the case but also i mean i i, I don't think that necessarily qualifies somebody just because they comment a lot on something right. so something to be guarded about is all yeah that's a good point the guy may have no no other life you know, well, that's, true. Uh, and that's a lot of, you know, it's what I tell my kids all the time. And it's what Mark Twain, one of his most fam famous quotes is, is, uh, uh, and I can't even think of how it goes. It, uh, it's better to be thought a fool or an idiot than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yes. Yes. And so that's, you know, that's one of those things that falls within this purview. I think is that just, you're, you're exactly right. Just because they're commenting on it does not, give them any credence, especially if I never thought about that, especially since they're commenting a lot. Yeah. But you know, uh, when you mentioned beach talk, uh, the two Jeffs that run that, um, 
they do a fantastic job. And one of the reasons that's a, a fairly valuable forum is because it is moderated. Mm -hmm. uh, another forum that I'm on, uh, that's a pretty good, it's pretty good. It's not anywhere near the quality of beach talk, but it's, um, it's on, uh, it's a Facebook page. Um, and I saw one of the moderators get on there and, and basically just slam somebody in public about a comment they made and how that comment ought to be qualification for removal. And the guy was actually being, the, the, the commenter was actually being very honest and very um, deferential, if you will. And then the moderator gets on there. And I'll tell you what, that group's... Um, has gone down in my mind as far as the validity of the group overall because of the moderator. Yes. Uh, and I don't know if he's one of many or, or what, but he just didn't like the perspective that this guy was coming from, uh, which I think his perspective was basically, hey, you know, you're buying something, you need to do your own due diligence. And, uh, and the moderator responded, well, you know, this is not the place to say buyer beware. Well, the hell it's not, excuse my French, yeah. but, <laughs> you know, if you're going to speak the truth, great. Uh, so, you know, again, that's a great point. Even the moderator or moderators in, in on a given, if they are there, they don't necessarily have the secret handshake to be right all the time. Right. But they get the, because they started the page, they get a little extra, uh, uh credibility. Uh, so do you use that individual for your advice? Well, uh, you know, maybe if you know them, but, but just be a little guarded on, on that and, we could go on and on. I think yeah. about, about the about social media, but but well, let me uh, let me touch. Let me hit something here real quick because we were talking about this a little bit ago. So on social media, um, you know, Todd and I are are kind of of the age where uh, you know we, we look like we're what 28, 29. But the uh, we're of the age where there's a lot of people our age group and older that are pretty active on social media. Uh, I am not one of them. I, I frankly, uh, other than using it for business purposes, I, I just detest the medium. And and one of the reasons I do is because of the emotion that gets tied up, the um, the drama, uh, just the just the overall BS that that goes on, uh, the posturing. I think that drives yes, me out yes. nuts more than anything else. You know, uh, you know the guy that'll post some picture and it's, it, it, he'll, he'll make a post with seemingly innocent enough, but he'll put pictures on there that you know darn well that that's really what the post was about. And you're trying to draw, you know, tr draw congratulatory uh, praise or whatever out of, out of your pictures. And it's just that, it's just that posturing that drives me nuts. But, um, you know, if you're, you're, you're dealing with something serious like an airplane, um, you know, it's a, it's a big investment. It, and, and it could arguably be called an investment vehicle. Now, it's usually a negative investment vehicle, but it's it's an investment vehicle. So along those lines, just follow me with this line of thought. You got you got your your financial advisor. I think probably most people that are listening to this or own airplanes, uh, probably the, the majority anyway, use somebody uh, to help them navigate their way through financial decisions. You know, you're, you're, you're doing that because you're hiring that person because presumably they, they know something. Are you going out there on a Facebook putting, you know, uh, I, I just I, I wanted to know if I should invest in this stock or what I should do with this money to uh, 25 people that you don't know. And, and then you're listening to those 25 people. My question to you is, why do you care? Why do you care? And why are you wanting to sift through all of that stuff when you can go to one source that you trust 
or it's two a, sources. It's maybe. a valid comparison of a, a, a financial advisor, uh, and it's you know because you talk about a lot of us know some. We have the concept about buying stocks. We we understand mutual funds or bonds, perhaps, or stuff like that. We understand it. But when you're really putting your money out there, you know, <laughs> excuse me, do you really feel like you should be the one that's uh, that's making it? I mean, if you're talking a large chunk of money, as you are with an airplane, do you want to make that yeah. all on your own? Or do you want a little help from someone that, that you've gained uh, respect for? I think that's where, and, and I mean, even are they the right person, right? Yeah. So you see oh, a yeah. lot of folks that are that are new to general aviation, and where are they getting their their uh, their advice from? Well, CFI maybe, yeah. or yeah. you know somebody, and, and that may be a great CFI, but is the CFI the person to consult for maintenance items? Uh, is he or she the person to consult for? Hey, you know what what should I do when I'm going out and buying an airplane? I mean. Todd, you and I have both been in the instructor world, but when our roles here, people call us about instructing or about maintenance or about mm -hmm. finance. What do we do? We refer them to somebody that knows a yeah. whole lot more about that than we do. So, just I, th I would caution against the presumption that just because somebody has been in aviation does not mean they know all aspects. I mean, you know, we've been in aviation a long time. There's a lot I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot I'm not willing to touch. There's uh, I've noticed that about you, Chris. There's a lot. <laughs> What? No, that's not true. Actually, I, I, you know a lot, but you're right. People are uh, uh, are often the first person they've met, if it's their CFI, seems to have so much knowledge that may not be the right person, though. And so, where can you? Where else can you get information? How about you know? We used to use a lot more, maybe than today, but magazines and mm -hmm. and certainly. It's a good idea to keep a, an eye on on sites such as Trade a Plane, the Controller, and other barnstormers. Maybe if you want, uh, what do you think about that? Just as you know, developing your own sort of expertise, I guess. Yeah, you, you've got to, and and you you know you do need to you do need to search out these mentors. And social media may not be the the, the worst place to start, but. Um, you need to do your own due diligence. You know, you need to dig into it, find out a little bit about that person, and not necessarily going around and asking others what they think about that person, because frankly, you can start getting into some gossip and some innuendo there that, that may not be very helpful. Yeah, that's I would agree. Just be guarded with that is really what I think we're, we're saying. You know, take it, take anything, any reply to a post with some grain of salt. I think on yeah. you know what does this individual really know and they may know a lot uh, but try to do a little due diligence on who the person is if you're basing your decision on that to gain knowledge it's fine to ask people on the internet whether they think what what your airplane is worth I see that post you know I mean uh, yeah. uh, how much should I sell my airplane for well gee I, I why would you ask that question I just don't understand it yeah, well, they don't have that information. They, they don't have any real sales data to work with. They don't know actually what planes are being sold for. They rely on VREF or they rely on looking on controller or trade a plane when um, anybody that has sold any number of airplanes knows that those are both uh, inaccurate and um, historical oftentimes and, and don't reflect the actual number. Airplanes aren't selling for the actual number on controller. Uh, and VREF or 
the, the quote-unquote uh, certified appraisal, which may have its place, uh, doesn't necessarily reflect contemporary values. Well, you know, you brought up certified appraisal. What What is its place, really? Because there are guys out there that have a sort of a, their credential, so to speak. Right. Uh, where where would you use a certified appraisal then well, if it's not well, good for determining a sales price? You know, I, I used to be credentialed appraisal uh, appraiser at one point in time, and, and they certainly have their place. I know a couple guys uh, in particular, one of them that just does an absolutely fantastic job. But I think that they're great for financing. I think that they're great for legal issues. Yes. Um, in fact, I was talking to him not too long ago because a tornado took down a hangar. And the, uh, the the guys that owned the maintenance hangar didn't have insurance, and so now they were going oh, through wow. a legal battle. So that's definitely a place for it. Determining what the uh, as a seller, determining what the value of the airplane is, um, it doesn't matter. What matters is what the buyer and the seller are going to come together right. for at that time. So that's just my two cents on it. No, I, and I think that's great insight because a lot of people don't know that they they think that that those individuals are are giving them a price that they could sell their airplane for. And it's it's not the same. Right. It might be, but it's not really what they're designed to do, I think, yeah. at this point in time. There's just too many variables, and, and you know, the market changes yeah. over time. But, uh, As it has recently, I think uh, we've seen an uptick in prices uh, that have left you mentioned BREP being historical value or uh, historical data at times. I would say that's never been more true than right now. Could be true the other way too, where prices are falling or airplanes are not worth what VREF says they are. Uh, yeah. So if you go on to VREF, and so, uh, sorry to interrupt here, you just mentioned something. If you go on to VREF, now you got to keep in mind, the AOPA version of VREF is kind of a watered down version. It's not, uh, it doesn't have a lot of things. And, and moreover, you, you can't apply a, a blanket um, valuation uh, to a specific item. So, you know, items depreciate over time. Some of them depreciate quickly. Some of them depreciate very slowly. Some of them don't add any value at all. And and uh, sometimes there'll be things on there that are providing a lot of value uh, on that service uh, in number, you know, at least on paper, but in reality, they don't add any value. Well, give all. an example for our listeners, just to you know, of what, what you're specifically talking about, maybe a specific, I don't know, a radio or a GPS or something like that. Could you just... Right. Okay, so uh, without even pulling it up, so let's say you got a 530W in your... Yeah, we don't need exact numbers. All just, right. Just so, so they understand how it works. Sure. So you got a 530W in your airplane, fantastic unit. Uh, it's all updated and all that, you know. And, and VREF usually uh, gives a... Um, a range for which you can depreciate it. So you can either you can either give that unit uh, full credit, and keep in mind these are prices without maintenance, installation, or anything like that. This is just the value of the item. Right. So so to expound on that for just a second, installation adds zero, zero. value. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's it's in other words, it's supposed to be installed. Yeah. You know, yes. it's like the old Chris Rock thing. You're supposed to be stay out of jail. You don't get any <laughs> points for that. So, uh, so anyway, um, you can depreciate that item based on a number of factors, but, you know, usually it's age. So maybe maybe you're giving it 50% value. Well, at what point do you give it 50% value? You know, at what point do you give it 30% value or no value? You know, uh, the, the 430s and the 530s are rapidly becoming kind of the old KX-170Bs. Uh, great unit, very rock solid, but is anybody going to pay you any additional or any money for it? Probably not. You know, it, even though it's valued at 
whatever, the top dollar. You can't just go out there and say, okay, well, I've got this. And gosh, it looks good and it works great. And doggone it, I spent a lot of money on that thing. Right, because today more and more airplanes are coming equipped, you know, 750s, 650s, other Avidine stuff, whatever it may be. And, and suddenly that 430 just doesn't have that much appeal anymore. Right. Yep. So that's, you know, that's... Um, you got to be careful, and it's kind of it's kind of the mentor thing. You got to be careful on where you're getting your information. Don't don't you know? Like Todd said, you're, you're throwing out there, what's this airplane worth? Well, everybody can have their own opinion on it, but the reality of it is, what are they really selling for? And and, and the honest truth is, is that that stuff is rarely disclosed. Uh, it's rarely put on bills of sale. Uh, it's rarely disclosed by brokers and dealers. And VREF uh, and and aircraft, aircraft blue book, they really are relying on. Uh, people like us or anybody else to report those numbers. So not only you got to get them reported, but you got to report them accurately. And, and then again, it's historical because you know it's it's not making a prediction on what it's worth. It's making a prediction on what it actually sold for. Now, we don't disclose those numbers. I'll tell you right, right now, if you call us up and you say, "Hey, what did I saw that airplane that sold? What did it sell for?" We're not going to disclose it uh, because there are non-disclosure agreements in place. Not to mention, it's it's not our business to disclose that to somebody else because we don't know who's on the we other don't end know of the who's phone. calling that's exactly right that is exactly right uh and, and a, a good point so so what is the value when you when you get down to the watered down version i.e aopa version of vref it's it's really just it's just a general guide at the end of the day plus plus you start talking about Damage history. How 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 do you calculate damage history, and how do you calculate uh, paint that's good or not good, or recent? Maybe it's recent. Maybe it's not. Interior same way. There's so many variables in these airplanes. It's 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 an art to it. Isn't it? <coughs> it, it is, and something that uh, you, you kind of hit on there. I was just thinking. One thing that's not given very much credit that probably should be, even though we say that uh, you know installation for the most part doesn't add any value. When I look at an airplane, especially if it's a if it's a local airplane, and I know who some of the shops are that maintain it, um, and I'm thinking more of yeah. avionics installations than anything right now, and what their their reputation is and what their uh, my experience has been with them, there are places where I will devalue it more, or I will value it higher because they did the installation one way or the other. You know, there's uh, there's a couple shops that uh, unfortunately have been kind of known for dinging your airplane up and leaving extra uh, wiring behind the panel, and you know, and you're going back three and four times to get everything integrated right. And then there's some other shops that you know you can pretty much count on it being rock solid when it comes out of there, and you're not going to have to worry about having scratch on your paint or tearing your seats or anything like that. So you ought to always go to a factory authorized shop, right? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Not necessarily. But. No, I mean this. That's a challenge. I mean, maintenance pedigree is a uh, uh, is something that that adds or sometimes detracts from the value of, of an aircraft. And and I made a joke about the factory or a comment about the factory authorized shops. And uh, I don't know the answer to that either because we've seen good work and we've seen some shoddy work out of those. So sadly, it's just. Uh, uh, either way, it was expensive work. I can promise yeah. you that. Well, you know, getting getting back to the front of this and wrapping this up, Todd. I think um, you know we we talked about where you're getting your advice, and then I, I mentioned to begin with, it, it all boils down to a mentor. But I really think maybe 
what, where we've taken this more than anything is it, it, it involves uh, doing your own due diligence, you know, getting out there and, and maybe finding that right mentor, but also learning what you can about the various aspects and, and not just relying on hearsay, whether it's from another airplane owner or, you know, somebody who's an airplane enthusiast, which is oftentimes what you see on these forums, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a new guy. Um, and, and frankly, uh, not unlike a lot of other areas of life, uh, you know, the, the less people know, the more they're willing to tell you about it. True. You know, true. So, yeah, the, the old sage that's that knows a lot, he's not the guy that's out there commenting a lot. No. And those are the guys you want to track down. I would agree with that completely. I, I the more the more the guy talks on one answers every every single uh, post on a, on a forum, for example, or on uh, Facebook, that guy may not be the guy that you get your best advice from. But we're happy to uh, we're happy to talk to people. I'm certainly I think it's important to mention, uh, uh, and that's that's kind of what we do. We so do you have anything else to? No, we'd love to visit with you. If you're if you're in the market for an airplane, it's an interesting market right now. Maybe you're maybe you're looking to sell one. We'd love to visit with you. Uh, our number is eight 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 seven seven three four two four nine, and you can find us at flywildblue.com. And I really appreciate you uh, you listening and subscribing. And if you know anybody else that uh, might be interested in. Uh, you know, some of the banter that we have here, let them know. Yeah, sounds good to me. Thanks, Chris. It was enjoyable. We'll uh, uh, talk to all our listeners again and, uh, and talk to you soon, too. Thanks for listening to the Wild Blue Podcast. Find us online at flywildblue.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share.